0: This episode is brought to you by Red Bell Coffee. Want to get 15% off your first bag of beans? Use code COFFEEBOSS, all one word now, at redbellcoffee.com. Welcome to Coffee Boss with Noah Schloss. I'm your host, a 22-year-old barista from sunny Orange County, California. I road tripped around America for three months in my car, visiting over 100 coffee shops in 30 different states. I interviewed coffee professionals all over the country while evaluating the coffee and culture of coffee shops. Upon my return, I started Coffee Boss to help others who want to learn more about what it takes to break into the coffee industry, the second biggest commodity in the world. Many baristas have a dream of starting their own shops, and I do too. Coffee Boss is a resource to help all of us achieve our coffee goals together and learn what we need to do to become coffee bosses. Hey, we got Sean on. Sean is the owner of Redwell Coffee in Marin County, California, up in the Bay Area. Sean, how did you get started in coffee?
1: Uh, actually, I lived back in Canada. I moved from uh, Southern California. Um to the east coast of canada don't ask me why um but i did and um when i was back there i had a restaurant and it was a seasonal restaurant but i couldn't find any good coffee uh and being so you owned in the, a restaurant owned a restaurant mm-hmm. um, what kind it was a steak and seafood uh restaurant you know fresh seafood from around the area um okay and uh but I just yeah. really couldn't find any good coffee whatsoever. Everything that you know, the suppliers were bringing me was just garbage. Mm. And you know the the classic coffee up in that area is this big, giant, ginormous company called Tim Hortons. And uh, man, that is it is some nasty stuff. Um, I always call it it's better than a brand muffin because it just goes <laughs> right through you. It's, it's it's one of those classic coffees that people say, oh, you know, it just makes me do number two. And I'm like, this is that coffee. <laughs> So, yeah. uh, like
0: Kroger's uh, or whatever.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just garbage. So, yeah. um, really I mean the guy that founded the company was really cool. I got to meet him and talk to him and that that was a different story. But um, so I I really wanted to find something better and I figured, you know what? I should just look into getting into roasting coffee and um I started doing a lot of research and homework and I bought a little um Sono Fresco coffee roaster, and I uh, got some green beans uh, and started practicing and trying roasting coffee, and I just really took to it. And uh, I had a deli in front of my, in, in, with my restaurant, and I closed the deli down, and I started doing uh, more fresh baked goods, which I was already doing like pies and cheesecakes and all these other things, but I started doing uh, homemade donuts right in-house because I had fryers. Um, this restaurant that I bought up there, I'd never, i had never in any of the restaurants I've ever been in. I've never had a fryer ever. And this mm-hmm. restaurant had three fryers that when I bought the building, it had three fryers in the, in the kitchen. And, um, so I was like, what the hell am I going to do with these fryers? So I started doing donuts and people were loving those. Um, and, um uh, and I was doing all our own muffins and all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, focusing on the coffee aspect of it, um, I had my roaster right up in front and it was right in this little bay window and the, the, um, the exhaust was going outside and people would be walking down the street and they like, you could see them kind of like drifting from one side of the street and, you know, and they're here, they come right in the front door and they're like, Oh my God, we can smell your coffee all the way down the street. Uh I'd be like, yeah, I could see you walking across, you know, trying to figure out where it's coming from. Um, but I was using this little Sono Fresco coffee roaster, which was an amazing little piece of equipment, fluid bed. But the cool thing about it was you were able to actually see the, coffee um, going from green bean to roasted um, all the way through because it has a glass chamber so that was you know it's kind of a really visual type thing um, so I started roasting coffees doing start you know doing my own espresso I bought a you know used espresso machine and grinder uh, an old Faema, and um, uh, just really took to it and then I ended up closing I started actually doing wholesale accounts in the area with restaurants and things I closed that down sold the building and moved to a a bigger space um, at about an hour away from where I was living to be closer to my daughter. And uh, so opened up this really brand brand new building, opened up a beautiful coffee roaster there, and so that was. And you know, what city doing,
0: was this in again?
1: Uh, this was a little town called Ross-A, um just out of uh, just outside of um, a town called Saint John, New Brunswick, and uh, it's about 15 minutes away from Saint John, New Brunswick. And, um, and New Brunswick is in what state? In, uh, it's in New Brunswick, Canada. New Brunswick, Canada.
0: Canada. Okay. East, I was East like, post. where is
1: that? Okay. <laughs> and where did you get yeah. all the money to open your restaurant? Um, you know, it was, it was money that I had saved. Um, I, you know, used to do a lot of different things and so I had savings and I bought this building with my ex and, um, uh, like we work, the...
0: like you had full-time jobs in the past, oh, other kinds yeah, of work. So, okay.
1: Yeah. I used to be a vice president of sales for a financial printing company <laughs> and I was a. So what really... age were you at when you um, bought the restaurant? This was my late twenties. You know, okay. uh, late twenties, thirties kind of thing. there was so in you worked for
0: maybe like ten years to save.
1: Uh no. I, well, I mean I had I had worked a bunch of I was not only doing vice I wasn't only vice president of sales, I actually was working for my dad. I had a side gig doing stuff for with eBay and antique people. Um I was antiquing and doing auctions twice a week, um and wow. doing kind of
0: kind You're of a hustler.
1: Listening. Oh dude, it, you know, I listen as to Gary V I I listen to Gary V and what yes. he says and it's like I've done almost everything that he's done as well. So kind of thing. You know, even going back to when I was a little kid, I mean in, in Laguna Beach I had probably one of the worst paper routes you could ever imagine up on top of the world in Laguna. And uh yes, it was yeah. it was hide- it was hideous. But uh You know, uh, yeah, so I saved money for quite a long time. I did cash out my 401k and and took it to Canada and bought this building. And the building came with a restaurant plus living quarters upstairs, um, you know, and so, uh, yeah. And so I kind of really just dove headfirst into it. And uh, in 2003, and then in 2005, I went to my first SCAA, which was back then it was called SCAA. Uh, it's a special specialty coffee association, um, and it's it's SCA uh-huh. now. Uh, and, specialty uh, coffee
0: association, okay.
1: Yeah, SCA, and um, I did that, and really took a lot of courses very early on. And when I went to SCAA in uh, 2006, I took a course on roasters, and you were able to really kind of look at like I think they had five or six different varieties of roasters from different manufacturers. And you're really able to like look at them thoroughly, you know, all right there, uh, even roast coffee on them, but just really kind of dive into them and check them out and look at how they all were different. And, you know, Dietrich made a lot of sense to me. Um, because of the infrared burners, plus then the, the you know the the computer controls and be able being able to basically set up a program and um, a baseline program and be able to walk away from it and bag coffee, do you know, do other things other than just have to adjust the air and adjust the flame. And right. with coffee, consistency is extremely important. Oh, okay. So um, you know, if you have to adjust those variables, it makes it really, really difficult, uh, to be consistent because if you did it and I did it, we're probably going to do a little bit differently. And if we're roasting the same coffee, well, guess what? Yours is going to come out different than mine. And then the guest is going to under- see that difference. So you're going to have a real inconsistency with what, with, with your product, um, so I wanted to minimize that as best possible. I still had my little Sono Fresco roasters, and I used those. I had used those for uh, sample roasting, which was great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't any. I wasn't really able to access coffee in Canada. I was pulling my green beans out of uh, New York and and Royal Coffee, New York, uh, initially, and um, but I ended up moving to this little town called Rossay and finding this space. It was about 3,000 square feet, and I did in it in Canada. Was a, In Canada. Yep. Um, and I ended up, um, building out this really beautiful facility with a full bakery. Um, you know, everything you could see everything. You could be at one side of the building and look all the way through the other side. And I had glass in the walls so you could actually see through the walls and, you know, it was really cool. It was a really beautiful place. And, um, you really got to
0: combine your architecture with your coffee. Like you got to do everything you
1: like. Yeah, this space was, br- was brand new and raw. So I got to design everything that went in there and lay That's everything cool. out for flow. Yeah, it was amazing. And, um, you know, again, how much everything was
0: that back then? Like, how much did you have to put into that?
1: It was it was a it was a couple couple hundred thousand. Um, okay. You know the the cool thing with what I did up there was um, the government in Canada was very very pro business, um, pro right. export, uh, pro employment, um, and I got a uh, what we would you know a small business loan uh, to buy my roaster, and I paid that okay. off within. I paid that off within a couple of years, uh, which was great. And, uh, so that, that was a really, really, that was a big, big help. So I used the, the you know, my resources that I had available to me uh, with different programs and things along those lines, uh, so to cool. help, to help get that done. But I also, you know, I sold my building down in St. Andrews and, and, yeah, so um, it
0: kind of help pay for, and then yeah, I'm cur- yeah. I know I'm jumping ahead, but I'm just so curious, how did you transfer everything from Canada to, you know, Marin. I know you're getting to that, but I'm like, oh my gosh, how oh. did you get to that point?
1: So I'm excited to hear the rest
0: of this story.
1: I had a, um, I only had that place in Canada for about two years. I was kicking ass up there and um, helping change the face of coffee in the east coast of Canada, and really opening up people's eyes to better product. And and, um, you know, I, I had my brand up there. Uh, my landlord and I had a major falling out, and this is kind of the. Uh-huh. One of the banes to my existence is landlords. Um, They tend to be, you got to, you know, that's kind of some advice that I I really recommend on people is find, if you can, find a good landlord. It's not just about the space, you know, location, location, location for sure. But make sure you got a good landlord. Make sure you got things tidied up with your leases and, and things along those lines, especially now that we know things like COVID happened. You know, who would have thunk that, you know things right. like COVID happened. Um, and, uh, you know, you, when people invest a lot of money, uh, into a, into a project, you know, you can, you can lose your ass and, and it happens more often than not. How so, about buying
0: your own space? Does that give you more? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I mean, really? if you think about if you own your own home. If you do a repair or a modification or an upgrade or any of that kind of right. stuff, right away, I, All that money goes in your pocket for the most part. It's going but out. Then you have but to maintain
0: in... everything. So I guess it's a
1: yeah. But you know what, it's better to be your own landlord than have a landlord, I'll tell you that right now. I would, I would, 10 times, I I mean, I would, I've I've been bitten three, four times now by landlords. Uh, And um, uh, it's just one of those things, man, it's just they're in it for themselves and they're they're all about the money and they don't really give a shit. And uh, it's really, really unfortunate. And you know, with coffee, coffee really comes down to community and- um, uh, Oh yeah. and you know, landlords sometimes get that, but more often they don't. They don't even give a shit yeah. about community. So they're just like I said, they're in it for the money. Where's my Where's my rent? And they don't care. They don't care that you put you know, two hundred fifty thousand or half million dollars into their property. They don't care. Um, you know, it's, they don't. They don't look at it from that standpoint. Uh, a lot of them don't. I shouldn't say all, but a lot of them don't so in 2010 um i basically packed up all my things from canada uh, in a 24-foot tractor trailer truck and really uh, wow drove, drove it across the country um took the took the 80 pretty much all the way across and okay. brought everything out to california um and uh i had found a space where i'm at now in san rafael Linda. um and I had been looking at purchasing a space. And at that time I probably should have, because there was so much on the market and the market was at the bottom uh, for real estate. And there was just tons and tons of commercial property on the market. But I found this really unique space that had a kind of a retail uh, feel to it, but it also had um, a good warehouse uh, feel to it for production yeah, and storage beautiful. and
0: everything else. And when I visited, it's just like so unique.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty funky, you know. It's like people are like, "Wow, I didn't even realize that you were here." And where do you guys roast coffee? And it's like in, in the, the warehouse bath. right here. <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. Um A lot of people don't realize that that whole there's that you know there's that whole space back there but uh, did the renovations and uh, build-outs and permits and air quality control boards and you know health permits. Uh, everything, air quality control was probably the longest one out of the whole thing. Um, what does that even mean? Coffee roasting is is pretty laden with uh, VOCs or volatile organic compounds, a lot of smoke. Uh, you're required to have a catalytic converter or now in California, you're actually supposed to have a low NOx burner. And I was actually, I was basically first or second in California to have a, a, really? low, Nox, a low NOx burner from Dietrich. How uh, much is that? Oh, well, that was close to about 30,000 or so. The catalytic converter runs at around 1,400 degrees, uh, so burns a lot of natural gas. So that's kind of not the greatest, but a low-nox burner, which is way more efficient, burns at around 740 degrees, uh, but does the same thing. Uh, but it superheats heats um, and burns off the VOCs. Uh, so I looked at it as an opportunity to save money, but also an opportunity to use technology. It took, you know, I, I opened the, the coffee roastery and the uh, coffee bar uh, in 2014. And so you know, uh, it's been there since that long. Uh, I've had several tried to push out to several retail locations with you know uh, different different things and you know red. So you wanted eyes. to
0: expand,
1: and I did this. Uh, two I've had I've had many opportunities to franchise to expand. I have expanded. I again landlords are man, they're tough. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And I actually did end up expanding uh, in 2019. I leased a space in Mill Valley. Uh, and then, right. you know, we were going through the permitting processes and all that kind of stuff and, you know, started paying rent in November of 2019. And we were really close to getting our permits and doing our build out and COVID hit. Um, mm. It pretty much shut us down. Permits got locked up with, uh, with the county. Uh, we couldn't get our permits, so we had to kind of sit and push them, push them, push them. Uh, We finally did get our permits. We ended up getting our build-out done. And in uh, 2020, the end of 2020 in November, we opened our facility uh, November 7th, and then we had a secondary shutdown on November 13th. Right. So, (laughs) We opened up and got shut down. The Mill Valley thing ended up kind of going sideways. And uh, again, issues with landlords, the space. yeah. What advice do you have for people? And make sure you have things in your leases that uh, are there to help protect you, um, you know, so that if something does happen and you get shut down or what have you, that you um, – there's this thing called frustration of purpose, uh, which oh, what's basically – um, it's it's based on the principle of of being able to use your space either a hundred percent, fifty percent or zero percent kind of thing. So if the government tells you to shut your you have to shut down, that's out of your control. You can't do anything about it and you can't have a livelihood. so you know if you're re- leasing or renting a space, you know, your landlord has to take some of that culpability as well. Um, and so you want to make sure that you've got your, your lease written in a way that it does protect you um, in some form or fashion with some sort of language in there, uh, that if something catastrophic happens, you're not on the hook for the lease, right So from our, from our, in our position, we didn't even have anything in that space when COVID hit, it was completely empty. Still, it didn't even pound a nail into the wall yet, um, but, but yeah. when this year is actually my twentieth year as a as a coffee roaster. I, I remember when I went to go and do my courses with Dietrich um in Sandpoint, Idaho to do training with them. Steven Dietrich was there too. He was a really cool guy. Um the Dietrich family is just a you know, they're uh they're old school family, uh coffee family, uh really amazing people. Uh and I remember one of the guys there, he was buying a, a little roaster for his for his garage. And uh, he said, you know, I've never met a more passionate group of people than coffee roasters. And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, there is there's so much passion that, that goes into what we do and what, you know, the coffee producers do and then what coffee roasters do and then what the baristas do. It's just all the way through. And it really, to me, coffee is one of the only true, truly grassroots products that's out there. It goes to, all the way back to the producers, you know,
0: road trip after like the hundred chops, every person <laughs> I would always ask, you know, what do you feel like? There was one question I would ask, you know, what do you guys feel like you do for your culture, blah, blah, blah. And they'd say like, oh, you know, we're really big on educating people on coffee and not making it pretentious, you know? Yeah. So they're always saying totally. like, we're trying to teach people about coffee in an approachable way. Okay. That's cool. But everyone's trying to do it. So I'm like, that makes me think, well, how long is it going to take for the public to get educated on coffee if everyone in America is doing it?
1: Yeah. I mean, and it for me, it comes back down to food. You know, coffee is food. And right. my back, my background is food. And so flavor profiles, um, you know, developing flavor profiles, um, even, even with dairy and non-dairy, um, you know, there's flavor profiles that, that, that are transferred into the coffee from those too. So, or other adjuncts that you're adding to the, to it as well, like syrups or chocolate.
0: Sure. You
1: know? and it's choosing those products that mix and taste Really good, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and that's kind of why I stay away from the light roast, dark roast thing because you can't turn a Pinot Noir into a Cabernet. You just can't. Do yeah. It. So either you start with a Pinot Noir and develop that grape into something that's really beautiful or not, or you take that Cabernet and develop in, it into something really beautiful. Or not, you know, that's, that's yeah. everybody's, you know, that's, that's where coffee really has, a has a lot of play, you know, people, like you said, you, you know, you visit so many different places and you get a feel for what those places do, um, and how they do things too. Uh, and it, you know, their, their espresso may be beautiful, but then you get, you know, something that's uh, Colombian, that's a dark roast and you're like, <laughs> okay, you know, you and I could burn coffee all day long. It, it doesn't take talent to burn coffee. Uh, it's super easy. Um, you know, right it, it, and it's super expensive.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Why would, why would you why would you take a, you know, I I've, I've cupped, you know, the I've been down to Panama for the best of Panama in 2006. It was beautiful and cupping tables full of 90 plus coffees is just almost unheard of. Yeah. Uh, Wow. But you know you can't take those coffees and and tell that coffee, hey, I'm gonna dark roast you. No, that those coffees don't do that. You know they just won't handle it. You don't want to develop them that way, or even under roasting them. You know you don't want to. Yeah, there's there's that just it's like that sweet spot to every coffee bean, um, and they're all totally different, uh, and you have to treat them as such. Uh, so it's it's definitely comes down to some experience and knowledge and you know trial and, error. and Trial and error, absolutely, and cupping and tasting too, mm-hmm. and understanding what coffees do, you know, how they, how they age. I mean, I've got, <clears throat> I probably am one of the only coffee roasters out there other than George Howell that has coffees that go back. I've got a live, I've got library coffees that go back to like 2011 they are vacuum packed in, in, um, in, uh, vacuum packed bags, uh, in my warehouse. And wow. uh, some of them are just still just, unbelievable
0: yeah because some places say you can only have it the first week which i think is dumb oh well this
1: well these are i'm talking about green beans oh the Um, beans okay the actual the actual raw green beans so uh, you can keep
0: those for a long time but after roasting you're supposed to only have it for a little bit
1: like well no a week is the off gassing so when the coffee's roasted um there's typically about a you know anywhere from a it's it and again. It depends on the package It's different forever. Determination has been part of our mantra since I pretty much started Red Whale. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, um, it, it comes it comes from um, constantly doing, constantly trying, constantly. It's more so doing than trying, um, making things happen, um, and being determined about it. And it's interesting because my logo made the whale look, I would say almost angry, but that's really? kind of what we, yeah we almost we, we kind of started we I looked at it and I'm like no the whale's you know determined because people were like oh your whale really looks angry I'm like no it's not angry it's determined well tell Johnny or Susie the whale's not angry the whale's determined and they're like oh my god like really there you like, go. oh, it's determined and. I even had a child psychologist come in and ask me that same question and I said, no, it's determined. She's like, Oh my God, can I use that with my class? And I'm like, absolutely, please do. Um, because so many people look at people I think these days, uh, and look at them and go, God, that person really looks angry. And it's Mm -hmm. like, "RBF." (laughs) yeah, totally. You're a total RBF. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks Karen. Um, but but, yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of it's it's interesting because you know when you tell people that they're like they're taken aback they're like whoa whoa okay yeah you yeah know? but you, you may look at somebody and they and you look at them and you're going god that person looks angry but no they're just thinking they're deep in thought they're, they're trying determined. to figure something out they're you know they've got something going on and you have no idea what's going on in their mind so you know mm-hmm. determination became became one of our core mantras, uh, by far. And, uh, we're always determined to do the right thing, do the best thing and do the best that we can. Interesting. The things you can come up with, you know, with, with, uh, business and, and, uh, I mean, like even with red whale, we've adopted, you know, the, the pod, um, POD because whales swim in pods and. ah we like okay. So that's another one of our uh, core things is, you know, when people come and they experience Red Whale, they become part of the Red Whale pod. Um, and nice. we, we want them to have a good experience. And I think we probably do a really, really good job of, um, you know, turning people on to good product and and also a good hospitality. We don't just have like tables and chairs. We actually have pinball machines. Games. We, have a, we have record player there, you know, we have vinyl that you can put on the record player but yeah so we have cool. we have a you know stand up video game too and but we have four pinball machines i've had people send me emails and say hey you know would you consider removing those pinball machines because it's really, really? hard for me yeah, but they're like because it's really hard to hear, and I'm trying to work, and and I'm like absolutely not because I've got mom and dad who have brought their kids, and they're having an experience. You on your laptop, right. you could if you want silence, go home. You want silence, you go to the library. One coffee. Yeah, you exactly. Know. You're sitting there milking it for three hours. You know that's yeah. that's not that's not good. <laughs> yeah, get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So, so what are some goals for the future? What would you want listeners to take away in a quick summary?
1: Have capital, have some forethought and really stick to what you believe in. Um, if you get knocked down, don't, don't lose your determination, get back up, try and stay focused. Um, tack to the wind if you have to you know because you're gonna have to that's just the way things happen in life. and uh and hit it hard and hit it quick um if you can uh and really make a mark for yourself early and quickly um that's i think a, a really really key one is is when you have a good brand make sure you get it out there quickly
0: thank you for tuning in to this special episode of coffee boss with noah schloss I'm so grateful you listened to this episode. Follow us on Instagram at coffee boss with Noah Schloss. If you enjoyed this episode, please help me out by leaving a small review. If you have any feedback, ideas, questions, or just want to geek out with coffee with me, please leave a DM or send an email to coffee boss with Noah Schloss at gmail.com. I will try my best to get back to you promptly. And as always share this episode with a friend or even a staff member, co-worker, or your coffee boss. And tune in for the next episode of Coffee Boss. Thank you for listening.